Welcome, welcome, and welcome to yet another edition of Torah Talks Chazak Special Tuesday Night Program with special guest. Tonight we have with us Dr. David Lieberman. Welcome, doctor. How are you doing? Amazing. Thank you, Rabbi. Ah, what an honor it is to have Dr. David Lieberman all the way from Lakewood into our headquarters over here at Queens. And uh, we're going to be talking about real relationships. And, uh, you know, every single Saturday night you have an amazing uh, program with our very own Robbie Aboff. Turn Matzah Shabbos into, turn Saturday night into Matzah Shabbat. And uh, you talk about, uh, uh, what was the topic every week? We talk, it covers a wide gambit. It can be from, you know, my kids taking out the garbage, talking about relationships. We cover a wide spectrum, and uh, it's great. People send in questions, yes. so we take them, and uh, whatever the questions are, that's where the topic goes. And the feedback is amazing, you should know. That's we get so much amazing feedback, and people are constantly telling us how amazing it is. And this is how the Torah talks came to fruition, actually. Really? Because we saw that during COVID, a lot of the rabbis speakers, they were talking to the camera, right, and, right. The, and, the, and the views were, were, you know, they were rocking, they were going great, but yeah. when there was a talk, when there was talking back and forth conversation, yeah. conversation yeah. Uh, the numbers were much higher and uh, we started this Torah talk uh, thanks to your vision okay so uh, so tonight's topic will be real relationships but before we delve into tonight's topic we usually have the custom of asking our guests a little bit about themselves but everybody knows about Dr. David Lieberman and the great work that he's involved with we're going to ask you about your newest book I heard that it's coming out soon that's really exciting yes Mr. Chairman is coming out God willing August 16th it's called from Random House, uh, actually from uh, Rodale Press, a division of Penguin Random House, and it's called Mind Reader. Mind Reader. Yes, Mind Reader. Rabbi, uh, Doc, do you, do you read minds? Well, not in a psychic sense, <laughs> but what the book does do is it helps people to better understand what somebody may be thinking and feeling, even to gauge their emotional health when they may not be so honest with other people, even with themselves. So the applications are, runs a wide gambit in terms of therapy. You're speaking with somebody or even counseling, right? As a rabbi this comes up, somebody's expressing how they're feeling, but you're thinking, do they really believe what they're saying? Or do they believe what they're saying, but they're not being honest with me? And certainly our relationships, you know, established ones, new relationships, you're thinking of hiring somebody, you want to fire somebody, is this guy going to be dangerous in the workplace? Uh, you know, entering a new relationship, personal or professional. Being able to gauge somebody's emotional health is just undeniably valuable. Being able to do it so quickly, just based on how people use their language and their body language, is just astounding. That is amazing. Wow, I can't, get, can't wait to get a hold on to this book again August when? It's coming August 16th. You can pre-order it wherever, wherever books are sold. Nice. You can visit the Penguin Random House site at uh, PR, Penguin Random, PRH.com slash MindReader. PRH.com slash mind reader. Okay, Dr. Lieberman, that's so exciting. And this is in addition to all the other amazing books that I know that the doctor has put together over the years. I remember we've had uh, Dr. Lieberman by Kazakh events many, many years, and uh, good stuff. Always amazing feedback. Thank you. So let's jump into it. You ready? Go. We're talking about real relationships. And I want to give a shout out to Robbie again for putting all these questions together. I'm just, you know, a messenger. Okay, the steps to achieve a real relationship can be learned from the acronym for the word real, which stands for R is real, E is effort, A is appreciation, and L is loyalty. So under the category of real, often one feels it is better not to confront certain issues because one might be afraid to have a necessary but uncomfortable conversation. You know, it's very uncomfortable to tell someone something that... Uh, so why is it important to be honest about your feelings and sharing it in a relationship? Good question. Great question. So look, every relationship requires a degree of authenticity, right? We all know people, you know, we all those relationships where they're superficial, you know, they're pretty much the, you know, the emotional equivalent to those air tasters. Mwah, mwah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, th th there's, 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 there's no real depth to it. So if there's something that 
neither of you are discussing that elephant in the room. It's always going to be there. doesn't mean to discuss every deep, dark secret. To the contrary, you know, a real relationship, you know what to avoid. At the same time, though, you know, if you're holding on to resentment and frustration and that, that anger that can just solidify over time, it's going to injure the relationship. Not healthy. It's not healthy at all. But the mistake people make sometimes is they just unload what it is they want to talk about at the wrong time. You know, something's on our mind, maybe with our spouse or maybe with, uh, you know, a friend. And as soon as they come in, we just pounce. So, you know, how you express yourself is fundamentally much more valuable almost than what it is you say. Meaning is that, you know, if something's on your mind, first wait 24 hours, bring it up in a pleasant voice. Some people think they need to bring something up loud in order for the other person to hear. But just psychologically, we shut down. So you bring it up calmly. 24 hours? Wait 24 hours. If you can, oh, wow. wait 24 Here's what happens. I'm saying my parents, when we were young, we would get upset and angry, want to do something, and they would say, count till 30. Ah. And then we didn't feel like beating up the, the sibling. Good. Very good. Very good. But you're saying 24 hours. Well, look, it was certainly with people closest to us. You want to count to 30. Look. I wrote a book called Never Get Angry Again. I'm, I'm, I'm going really? to save you $12.95 right now. The book <laughs> okay? Is that, you know, certainly counting and, and breathing and all those things calm us down physiologically. So it's good in terms of, you know, not just expressing that torrent of anger and unleashing our emotions. But when we talk about waiting 24 hours, we mean that sometimes the entire conversation is unnecessary because in the heat of the moment, our ego gets engaged, we get very sort of animated, very upset, we've got that tunnel vision. And by putting a little bit of time, we realize not just or don't we need to express ourselves at all, but it's really silly that we're bothered in the first place. Again, if you're still bothered, by all means, it's a protocol to follow. But give yourself some time to see, you know what? Did I really get upset because this person did something to me? Do they really care about me? Why was I so bothered by it? You have an honest conversation with yourself, you'll find a lot of the anger dissipates. But by all means, if you're still bothered by something, bring it up, but non-judgmentally, non-accusatorily, even blame yourself and express how you feel. By the way, just there's a lot to cover here, but you stay away from you statements. As soon as you become, begin a conversation with somebody, say, you did this, you did that, it's going to be argumentative. Simply use I. This is how I felt when this happened. And it's very wow. hard for the person to get upset if you don't accuse them of doing anything wrong. So stay away from the word you and just make it about I, this is how I we feel. We always suggest not to say I, it's an ego. Well, I, 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 this is an amazing... This is a great time. What? When you're talking about blame, then, then we'll let the I speak for themselves, right? Because if, as soon as you start... We know this is true in our online. As soon as somebody starts with, you did this, you did that, it's our knee-jerk reaction, right? right? Defend ourselves. The person simply says, you know what? When this happened, I just want to express that I was a little bit hurt. I know that it wasn't... And then the person will want to help you feel better because they're not busy defending themselves. Amazing, amazing. So uh, as a doctor, is it true that time is the best medicine? Is, is that okay to say? Like, with time, things calm down. Right, the expression, time heals all wounds. Um, I'm not so sure it's a healing style for all wounds, but certainly in expressing our emotions having a little bit of perspective is undeniably healthy. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so now we're jumping to the letter E of real and uh, under the category of effort. So quite often we look towards others that they need to put in more effort into their relationships, but not as often do we look internally that we need to put in more effort. It's like uh, in a marriage, yeah. to be the best uh, spouse, yeah. work on yourself to be the proper spouse as opposed to finding the right spouse in regards right. to uh, matchmaking and shidduchim. Right. So what correlation does 
uh, Ephraim relationship had? What I can't tell you how many people come to me with you know showing bias and dealing with you know marital harmony. Yeah. How many people come and with a long a laundry list of things that they want me to help their spouse ah. to do to change? <laughs> and I said, I see your list. It's like some of these guys bringing a phone book size. You know, it's like just put your folder down. You know, and what is it that you? can do in the marriage that can make it better. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. I said, I don't understand. You've got a laundry list and the only reason you're doing these things is because she's doing that. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. Okay. I'll speak to her about what she's, but tell me what it is that you already know you're doing that is upsetting your wife. You already know you're doing that um, is not making her happy. Things you could do that could make a difference. And when you begin to focus on each person taking responsibility for what they can control, you have a different quality relationship. Wow, amazing, powerful, true, 100%. You know, whenever there's arguments, and, uh, you know, it reminds you of a famous uh, joke of a rabbi that has a couple, and uh, the husband's like, oh, the wife did A to A to B, C. He's like, you're right. And then the wife's like, oh, the husband A to B, C. He's like, you're right. And then the guy, the helper of the rabbi, is like, I understand he's right and she's right. He's like, you're also right. (laughs) Everyone's right. But at the end of the day, we have to work on ourselves. Yeah. And uh, put the effort in ourselves, and uh, once we change ourselves, then the whole world in essence will be changed, like the famous saying. That's true, right? And also, even if, when you change your interaction to somebody, their behavior will change, no doubt. So, in other words, we underestimate the power that we have in a relationship. We think we're stuck with somebody who is, you know, who is uh, who is uh, mean or or, or acts selfishly uh, or doesn't consider our feelings or disrespectful. The power that we wield is enormous. If we're able to just get our own ego out of the way and ask ourselves, you know, what can I do to be effective? And that's really what it comes down to. As my rabbi used to say, you know, you can either be right or you can be happy. You know, so, you know, it's not always about being right. It's not always about getting your way. It was, what is the most effective thing here? And if you're able to strategize a little bit, move your ego out of the way, you can, I've seen relationships that go just do a complete 180. Simply from one person deciding that they would take responsibility for what they can control. Amazing. Powerful, true, 100%. So we're up to the letter A of, for appreciation, the word real. We as Jewish people were called Yehudim, Yehuda, Hodaya, which comes from the word of appreciation of things. How does the attitude of gratitude correlate with maintaining strong and healthy relationships? Beautiful question. So look, I, fewer things are going to kill a relationship faster than a lack of appreciation, yeah. right? Now, uh, you know, sometimes we'll show more cars to tow, more gratitude to the tow booth collector than we will to our own spouse. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Have a nice day. You know, stay warm. Our spouse says, you want to say, what are you screaming, right? And it was, we fail. And, you know, this question actually came up uh, recently in, in another interview. And the person says, you know, you've got these cases where someone may be running to do, you know, all these beautiful things outside the home. But inside the home, like, they're ignoring their own family. And unfortunately, that happens more too often than we like to acknowledge. But in part because... You know, we do something for the rest of the world, and they don't stop with the appreciation, the acknowledgement, the plaques, the awards. At home, it's just sort of like, you know, <laughs> silence. So I said, you know, if, if you're, we're able to just, and I, I do this a lot with someone bias, even with our own children, just make a point of acknowledging one, two, three times a day something that somebody did that you appreciate. I mean, think about how different your day would be if the people, you know, in your sphere acknowledge your efforts one, two, three times a day, which would just compound that out to how many times people are saying, that's amazing, I like the way you handle the kids, by the way, thanks for this, I appreciate this. And my kids know, by the way, you know, I drop them off at school, do I have to take carpool? Maybe yes, maybe no, it's irrelevant. I, I see, I value that thank you more than anything else. 
And they know that because even though, you know what, I know that they appreciate it, when we show our appreciation for somebody, something that somebody did for us, it completes the joy. We know people who have a hard time acknowledging what somebody does, have a hard time, because that person actually, Dr. Uh, Dr. Rabbi Abraham Tversky used to say, yeah, he used to say that, um, you know, some people have a hard time showing gratitude because it acknowledges to them that they're missing something, that they're not complete. So they can't acknowledge something that somebody did for them. So when you, when a person expresses their appreciation, it completes the joy. We enjoy more we get from our spouse, from our children, from our friends. When we say thank you, it's almost selfish. But certainly from the standpoint of relationships, it's undeniably valuable. So it's important to have an attitude of gratitude. 100%. That's to be appreciated. Yeah. you got to show cards to tell. And that's what the Jews are all about. That's our name. We are. That's right. And in Judaism, look, we can't hear the clap of thunder, walk out of the bathroom, see an old friend, smell a flower without making a bracha, without connecting to something larger, without showing our appreciation for what it is that we're doing, what it is we're enjoying. Amazing, amazing. Wow, so inspiring. Dr. Lieberman, you're great. I love it. So we're up to the letter L of real, and that's loyalty. One of the greatest signs of a true friend is being there in good times and in difficult times. Why is loyalty of the utmost importance? Why, why is that in a, in a relationship? That's good. Well, being able to count on somebody. You know, it's easy to be, as they say, a fair-weathered friend. Somebody sticks around, things are good. But as soon as, you know, things get a little bit uncomfortable, it's like, you know, hello, hello, you know, <laughs> where are you? Right. You got on. Right. So, you know, somebody is able to be with us um, and that we can count on. There's a track record of, of not going somewhere because something is difficult. That's really the, the glue of the relationship. And that fundamentally comes from uh, a, a relationship where we trust the other person. We know that we can count on them. We don't have to be something else. We don't have to contort and twist who we are to accommodate, you know, some perception so they'll like us. We can be authentic. We can be honest. We can be real. Um, and they can with us as well.